Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We'd like to ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of 1 Kings and the 20th chapter. Here in 1 Kings, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse number 22. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself and mark and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year of the king of Syria will come up against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing, take heed the kings away, and every man out of his place, and put the captains in their rooms. And number thee an army, like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot, And we will fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice and did so. Verse 27. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. There came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he's not the God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thy hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And they pitched one over against the other seven days. And so it was that in the seventh day, the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians an hundred thousand footmen in one day. I'd like to bring a message. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Certainly these were treacherous times for the people of Israel. Their wicked king Ahab had been guilty of leading the people to worship the Canaanite god Baal. And instead of the Lord God Jehovah, amen, as a result the wickedness filled the land of Israel And they were headed on a collision course with the judgment of God. However, in the midst of their sins, God still loved his people. And thank God, God's love never fails. No matter how you failed God, God still loves you. And during this time, Israel was attacked by the neighbor to the east, Syria. And when this battle was waged, 
God allowed Ahab and the people of Israel to defeat the Syrians and to claim victory. However, Ahab is notified that the Syrians do not plan to accept defeat so easily. He is told that they will return and fight again. It is this second battle that we want to look at this evening. Because there's truth taught here that will help each of us as we journey for the Lord in these days. I just want to say in the Syrian army, I see a picture of our adversary. Our adversary, the devil. The Bible talks of our adversary being the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When we are enabled by the Lord to win victory against him, you can count on it, friend. The devil's going to return to fight you another day. His desire is to see you defeated one way or the other. And if he doesn't win in one area of your life, amen, he'll change the direction of his attack and he'll come at you again from another angle. Many of us have witnessed this. We went through a trial, a severe test, and by the grace of God and by the power of God, we were able to pass the test. That makes the devil angry. And so he always determines to return at another time and see if he can get us to fall. Amen, friend. We will see that's just what the Syrian army tried against Israel. However, just as the Syrians were defeated and Israel walked in victory, you and I, can walk in victory too. Amen. We don't have to be defeated. None of us have to be defeated. Notice with me just a few simple truths from this passage of Scripture that lets us know He's still God. Even in the valleys of life, God is still God. Thank God the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. Amen. The God of the day is still God in the night. Amen. God's proven this time and time again. So first of all, uh, we would like to look here at verse number 23. And we find here a dangerous assumption. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we, but let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than them. Here we find that the Syrians makes a dangerous assumption Concerning the God of the Israelites, since they were defeated in the first battle on the hills 
surrounding Samaria, they assumed that the Israelites' God was just a God of the mountains only. Their strategy is to get the Israelites to fight them down in the valley where they think they will be an easy defeat for them. For the Syrians, amen, this assumption was very costly. Amen, it's a gamble that the devil makes all the time. You see, dear ones, when we are on the mountain spiritually, Amen. You might be on the mountain. Amen. I tell you, friend, when we are really on the mountain, I believe we're just kind of hard for the devil to handle. When we're walking around with a shout in our soul and glory in our hearts, we're a force to be reckoned with. It's hard for the devil to defeat an excited Christian. Maybe that's why Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. In the book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter and verse number 10, that's what he said. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So, this is the situation that Satan ran into with Job. He put the squeeze on Job, expecting Job to turn on God. However, all the devil was able to extract from the life of Job was worship and praise. If the devil squeezes you, And all he gets is praise to God for his efforts. He's likely to quit squeezing you after a while. Amen. He'll be back, but he's going to leave you for a while. Amen. It has been said that discouragement is the handle. That fits all of the devil's tools. It's still the devil's major tool. And he still uses that tool on the people of God today. The ideal here is that Satan knows that when we're on the mountain, we're hard to get to. Therefore, he assumes that if he can get us down in the valley, will be easier for defeat. Sadly, the devil's been right. In many, many cases, if the devil can get you tonight to focus on the negative aspects of any situation, he can get you discouraged. And if he can get you discouraged, he can possibly get you defeated. And if he can get you defeated, he can steal the victory of the Lord right out of your heart. So I want to remind you, life is 
about what happens to us and 90% about how we react to what happens to us. If you develop, woe is me. If you develop one of these, a woe is me attitude concerning the events of life, then you're going to be easy prey for the devil. However, if you can learn to put into practice those lessons found in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six through nine, friend, you can have the victory. What did he tell us there? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Has the devil tried this trap in your life? He's used that tool of discouragement on me has he ever used this tool of discouragement on you if he can friend get us off of the mountain friend it'll be easier for him to handle us amen and verse number 28 there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said thus saith the Lord Because the Assyrians have said, the Lord is a God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore, will I deliver all this great multitude in thy hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. There was only one problem with the Assyrians' assumption concerning God. God was greater than what they thought he was. Amen. He's going to prove to them, hey, I'm down in the valley too. I'm not just a God on the hills. I'm not just a God on the mountain. I'm a God of the valley as well. And he assures his people of victory. Amen. I just want to remind you, friend, God is still bigger than your valley. Amen. I know that it's easier to serve the Lord when we're on the mountaintop. It's easier to serve God when we're excited about the Lord and about the work of God. However, when we go into one of the valley experiences of life, friend, don't ever forget He's still God down in the valley during the night seasons of our life uh, in the bad times. Uh, Amen. When we enter the valley of physical pain, 
He's still God of spiritual discouragement. God is the God of spiritual discouragement. Amen. When we enter the valley of sorrow, God's in that valley also. He's still God regardless of the valley that we're forced to enter into. It doesn't make any difference on what valley you might find yourself in. If you'll just hold on in faith, you'll find out that he's in that valley too. You see, God wants to demonstrate to his people that he's the God in every stage of life. He wants to show you that he's still God. And that's why the Bible, amen, literally is filled with the promises of God to teach us that God is the one that's in control. Verses like the book of Romans and the 8th chapter and verse number 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and of them that's called according to his purpose. And there's many more verses Just like that that lets us know that God is the one that's in control. I'm telling you the devil's not big enough to be in control. It's the God of heaven that's in control. God is determined to prove to us that he's the God in every circumstance we face. I don't know what you're facing. Amen. But God is in that circumstance. For us, victory begins when we realize, when we come to understand that Satan wants us to be defeated. He wants me to be defeated. He wants you to be defeated. But God has promised we can walk in victory in spite of the circumstances when everything around me and everything around you suggests that we should be discouraged and it suggests that we should be defeated, God still says that we have the victory. Romans the 8th chapter and verse number 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Amen. That means my friend. Even when you got health problems. Even if you got financial problems. Even if there's problems in your home. And problems in your marriage. You as an individual. Can still be more than a conqueror. He might have a problem at school. On the job. At the workplace. uh, In the congregation where you attend. But praise be unto God, he's still the God in all those situations. In all these things that happen unto us, we're still, my friend, more than conquerors. In the final analysis, it's not that that I'm facing in life that depends whether or not I have victory. You know what? I am victorious not because... Everything is perfect in my life, but I'm victorious because God is in control of my life. And he says in his word that I'm more than a conqueror. Therefore, 
regardless of the situation, I can rest in the promises of God. And so can you. Genuine, simple victory is simple faith in the promises of God. The battle may be raging all around me. And the battle may be raging all around you. But that does not mean that you're defeated. God has already won the battle. Victory is ours because God said so. In verse 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord. Because the Syrians have said, the Lord is the God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude in thy hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. The people of God believed God and enjoyed a tremendous victory over the Syrians. They saw their enemy put to flight by the power of God working through them. And so it is with me and you. You can witness the enemy of God in your life put to flight by the power of God working in you. He wants us to come to the place where we realize That God is God regardless of what we're facing, of what we're going through. He wants us to get our eyes off of our need and get them squarely on the face of Jesus. He wants us to know and believe that God is able to do as the Bible says, In the book of Ephesians, the third chapter and verse number 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. You see, regardless of what we think about what we're facing, God still God. And shame on us when we live and act like God is not God. Friends, this is where victory is enjoyed. Notice I didn't say where victory is won. Why not? Because God has already won our victories for us. We live in defeat and discouragement because we refuse to embrace the victory by faith. Never allow Satan or the flesh to cause you to wallow around in your valley to get you discouraged or to cause you to think that God is unable or that God is unwilling to help you out of the situation. The truth of the matter is victory is available all the time in every situation for every child of God. And then why don't most Christians have victory in their lives? Simply because they're waiting for a feeling instead of claiming what God has already given them by faith. Think for a minute about some great men of God in the Bible 
who knew God had already given them victory in spite of what circumstances that they were facing. Just like Joshua and Caleb in the book of Numbers, the 14th chapter. David is an example in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is examples. There's many others. But I believe these are sufficient for us to see that regardless how things may appear on the service, just let me remind you, my friend, that God is still God even when you're down in the valley. The secret of enjoying the mountains and the valley is learning that God's in control of the mountains and the valleys and the days and the nights and the good times and the bad times and whatever may come your way, God's still in control. If you can do that, then whether you're on the top or the bottom, you'll always be on the mountain in your heart and victory will always be yours. The first step in arriving at that place is learning to bring your burdens to Jesus. I'm amazed of how many of these New Testament promises have corresponding verses in the Old Testament. For example, how about Peter saying in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. Amen. But he was restating David's words in Psalms 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Why not take a few minutes to tell Jesus about these burdens that's too big to bear. Even if you're here a sinner, come to Jesus with that burden of sin. Then leave it there by faith. Casting all your concerns on him, he cares for you. He's still God in the valley. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.